type thing. And, uh, and if you're in New Jersey, you know, there's full service in New Jersey. And so uh, I pull up and there's only one attendant, one attendant at this particular uh, gas station place. And so uh, I, I get out of the car because I'm wanting to stretch my legs. And I ask him, hey, just just fill it up, you know, just top it off. And I walk around a little bit just to kind of, you know, stretch my legs a little bit. We've been in the car for a while. And <clears throat> when I come back, I, I see that uh, the, the gas attendant fella and Trina, my wife, they're having this animated conversation. And, and, you know, as I get closer, you know, he kind of stops the conversation. And, uh, and then I ended up paying him and uh, get back in the car and start to drive off. And, uh, and, and I hear him uh, waving. I hear him uh, say uh, as he's waving, hey, it was good talking to you. It was good seeing you. And, and I'm looking at her like, what in the world is going on here? You know, who is this person? I said, do you know that fella? And she said, oh, yeah, I, I know him. Uh, we, you know, before you and I met, him and I dated for a year. I said, oh, how interesting is that? And so uh, I, said, I said to Trina, I said, man, aren't you lucky I came around? I mean, aren't you glad you married me? I mean, think about it. If you had married that guy, you'd be the wife of a you know, gas station attendant fella. Uh, but instead, now you're the wife of a successful pastor. And, you know, that's a big difference. And, and, and Trina, uh, she, uh, she didn't miss a beat. She looked at me. She said, honey, honey, you don't understand. If I would have married him... You would be the gas station attendant and he would be <laughs> he would be the successful pastor. Hey, behind every good man, there's an even better woman. Amen. Uh, and as I always say, that's not really a true story, but it's funny. Amen. But it's funny. <laughs> I got the goofiest jokes. Amen. But it helps when you add people's names. Acts chapter two, if you will. And I am grateful for my wife. I do appreciate her. Uh, and she has been an absolute blessing to me. I absolutely would not be where I am today. Without my wife. Acts chapter number 2. And we're going to read verses 22 through verse number 27. Acts chapter number 2. And as I, uh, I am accustomed of doing, uh, asking folks, if you are able, uh, let's all stand for the reading of the word of God. Uh, and of course, if you're not able, then feel free to remain seated. But Acts chapter 2, verse number 22. The Bible says, ye men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as ye yourself also know. Him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, ye have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain. Whom God hath raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holden of it. For David speaketh concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is on my right hand that I should not be moved. Therefore did my heart rejoice and my tongue was glad. Moreover, also my flesh shall rest in hope because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell. Neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. And let's bow together for a prayer and then we'll get right into the message. Heavenly Father, Lord, we do thank you tonight. We thank you, Lord, for this church. We thank you, dear God, for these people. And Lord, I know that there are people that are grateful for the the gift and, and grace of eternal life that you have showered upon all of us. Lord, that's the kindred spirit that we have. That is the, the common bond uh, that we hold dear. And, Lord, we can uh, feel like family with perfect strangers because we are a family in you and in, in, in our eternal life. And we thank you for that, dear God. We pray now uh, that you would speak to us, that you would pastor us, that you would be the preacher tonight. Lord, remove my, myself uh, from the equation. And, Lord, help me to yield myself 100% to you. Use me as your instrument and as your vessel tonight uh, to be an encouragement to your people here this evening. Lord, may we glorify you in all that we say and do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. 
We see in the book of Acts that there's an explosion. I mean an absolute explosion of a church there in Jerusalem. Uh, that first church, that church that, uh, that was uh, with the apostles there, I mean, it exploded with growth. It exploded. I mean, it was increasing. Uh, people were being saved. Uh, lives were being changed. Miracles were happening. I mean, things were taking place. That was a great, great church. Uh, but we understand that because because the Lord was blessing, because the people were, were doing God's will, because uh, the folks were working together, God was doing a great thing in that church. God's idea of a great church is a church that's growing. It's a church that's increasing. Uh, it's a church that's changing lives. It's a church that's touching the community. That's God's idea of a great church. Now, listen, I'm not saying that a, a small church is a bad church because there are very good small churches. Uh, we, we are members of one of those churches. But I am saying that a, a small church that's a good church uh, won't necessarily stay small forever. Uh, they will attract other people. They will impact their community. Uh, they will see growth. They will see. Now, listen, again, growth is not the goal. God's will is the goal. But it seems like to me, as I read the book of Acts, it seems like God's will is for his church to grow. For his church to grow. We saw in Acts chapter two that uh, that there there's three thousand people that are saved. Uh, we see eventually later in Acts chapter five that there's. 5,000 men that were added to the church. Uh, we see, again, uh, in chapter 5, that where multitudes are added to the church. Uh, in chapter 7, the number of the disciples multiplied greatly. Uh, in chapter 9, many people believed on the Lord. Many people, listen, uh, rough estimates, people say, and Pastor Montoro mentioned this in the sessions that, where he spoke, many uh, uh, scholars believe that it could have been, this church here in Jerusalem could have had over 100,000 members. That's a big church. That's a big church today. Uh, that's a huge church in that time. They were increasing. They were multiplying. They were having people added to the church. Isn't that what we want for White Oak Baptist Church? I mean, that's what I want for First Baptist in Parrishville. Uh, that's what I'm sure what you want to see, not just for the sake of numbers, not for people to look at us and say, wow, look at them. No, no, no. But for the sake of each individual is a soul that's going to heaven because of our efforts. Because of us trying to reach them, that's what it's all about. And so uh, I want my church, and I'm sure you want your church, to be a place where uh, there's salvations, there's baptisms, uh, there's new ministries being started. Uh, we want our, our churches to be a place where marriages are mended, where relationships are restored. Uh, where where people are being uh, uh, helped and, and God is being glorified and the Lord is being lifted up and the Spirit is sovereign and the Bible is believed and, 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 and lives are impacted and missionaries are multiplying and Christianity is cultivated and, and little children are, are ministered to and, and teenagers are touched and, and singles are sold out and, and marriages are, are, are blossoming and families are just growing. and Listen, that's the kind of church we want to see. Amen? That's the kind of church I want to be a part of. That's the kind of church you want to be a part of. That's the kind of church we see in the book of Acts. If we want to model our church after anything or anyone, first of all, it's the Lord. And, and then this church here in the book of Acts, I mean, they were getting it done. Uh, they were doing something for God. They made an impact on eternity uh, in their time for good and for God. And that's what we need to try to do. Uh, we see uh, in order for them to do that, however, 
in order for that church to accomplish all of those things, and in order for this church and any church to accomplish that, they must be in harmony. They must be. The members, the attenders, they must be. They have to be. God will work great things in a church that's in harmony. We talked about it a little bit this morning. Uh, the fact that it's not about my way. It's not about your way. It's not about pastor's way. It's not about the deacon's way. It's about the captain's way. It's his way. Uh, We must understand, yes, there'll be things we don't agree on, but we must stay in unity, stay in harmony. Because if we're not in harmony, we are going to grieve and we're going to quench the Holy Spirit of God. We must have the power of the Holy Spirit on our lives, on our church, in order for us to see the results that this church saw. And so we see, number one, we see the results of church harmony. The results of church harmony. Uh, you're in Acts chapter 2. Look at verse number 1. Verse number 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they, the disciples, they, the believers, were all with one accord. One accord in one place. They were with one accord in one place. That word accord, that's a musical term. Uh, that means that they were in harmony uh, and they were uh, playing notes that sounded well together. They weren't all on the same note. They were on different notes, but those notes went well together. They made a chord. They were in harmony. They were in unity. Look at Acts chapter 1. Look at verse number 14. Acts chapter 1, verse 14. These all, these all continued with... One accord, one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. Listen, it's God's design for relationships in a church for people to be in harmony. Not bickering, not feuding, not fighting, not arguing, not splitting hairs, not getting outside in the corners, in the hallway and saying, well, you know, I know pastor preached this, but, but, but I believe this. Listen. It's okay to disagree with one another. It's not okay to disagree and, and, and vocalize and, 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 and cause division and, and start splitting and, and causing people to, to speak evil of others. No, that's not okay. That's not okay in any church. That's not okay in this church. That's not okay in our church. That's not okay in any church. If we're going to have the power of God on us, we have to be willing to be in one accord, uh, in unity. Now, that doesn't mean that everyone's on the exact same note. Sometimes someone's on, on, on the, the foundational note, uh, someone's on the supporting note, someone maybe on the, you know, some other note. But listen, we're in one accord, we're working together, we're moving forward for the Lord Jesus Christ. But if we're, if we're, in, if we're not in, in, in one accord, we are in discord. And discord will grieve the Spirit of God. Discord will, will grieve the Holy Spirit to the point where the power will not be there for us to see the results that they had. Psalm 133 and verse 1. Uh, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. In unity. Hey, you want to have uh, what, what the church of Jerusalem had? You want to see the results that they saw? Uh, you want to have the power of God on this church, this preacher, uh, this ministry, uh, these events that you do? You want to have that power? Then you must stay unified. You must have harmony. You got to work together. You got to work together. Uh, what are some of the results? I see three results of unity in a church. Number one, we see salvations. Salvations. All right, look at Acts chapter 2. Look at verse 1 again. 
It says in verse 1 that they were all with one accord in one place when the day of Pentecost was fully come. Now look at verse 41. Verse 41. Then they, verse 41 of Acts chapter 2, then they that gladly received his word were baptized. How many gladly received his word? Uh, How many? And the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. I mean, can you imagine having, uh, I can't imagine having 30 people get saved in one day. I mean, wouldn't that be awesome? Man, I would be like, wow, praise the Lord, that's awesome. Man, we had 30 people that got saved. Man, how about if we just had three people? Man, that'd be pretty exciting too. Three people that got saved. 30 people. Man, 300. These folks had 3,000 people trust Christ as their Savior in one day. In one day, the power of God came down. The Holy Spirit worked. Man, he moved. He convicted. He drew. People accepted. Man, it was a great thing, but they were in one accord. Don't forget, they were in one accord. They were in unity. Uh, I mentioned earlier, uh, you know, we are not to have monthly, quarterly, biannually, or annually even bickering meetings. Are you all with me? Let's make sure that when we go to a business meeting, man, do your pastor a favor. Do your pastor a huge favor. Pray before you go to the business meeting. Pray that the Holy Spirit would control your heart, your mind, and your... You with me? Listen, stay in one accord. Do the best you can. Say, Lord, please help me to not get angry or upset or, 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 or maybe uh, even offended over... What... Let's be in one accord... As long as nothing illegal, immoral, or unscriptural has taken place, man, go with the flow. Get on board with the program. Hey, hop on the train. It's leaving the station. Get on board and be part of the program. Don't be the one that is always going contrary and going contrary and causing problem after problem. after. Listen, don't be the one that causes your pastor extra headaches. He's already losing his hair. Amen. We don't need him to lose any more. Amen. <laughs> I just had to throw that in there. Um, I know eventually that my hair is going to start falling out. I'm sure whatever hair I have left, I don't have much. But uh, eventually, listen, uh, pastoring, uh, it, it, it's stressful. It's and trying to please everybody. It's impossible. It's impossible. Hey, give him the benefit of the doubt. Uh, follow his leadership as he follows the Lord. Uh, you'll see salvations. You'll see people saved. Uh, you'll see great things happen if you stay in harmony. Uh, we'll see not only salvations, you'll see miracles. You'll see miracles. Uh, look at um, look at Acts chapter 5. Turn there to Acts chapter number 5 and look at verse number 12, if you will. You'll see salvations. Uh, you'll see miracles. You'll see all kinds of heavenly things take place in your church if you're in one accord, if you're in unity. Acts chapter 5, look at verse 12. And by the hands of the apostles were many Signs and wonders wrought among the people. Many signs and many wonders wrought. And the next phrase says, they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. Notice one thing. What preceded the miracles, what preceded the salvations, what preceded the hand of God coming down, what preceded all of that was the people were in one accord. They were in unity. I mean, they were together. Uh, They said, man, we're going to bond. We're going to lock arms. We're going forward for the Lord. We're going to be an army for the Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to fight the devil. We're going to fight hell. We're going to fight temptation. We're going to fight everything that would go contrary to God's will so we can impact this greater area for the Lord Jesus Christ. 
That should be our goal. That should be our desire. That should be our heartbeat. Listen, it needs to be, let's do all we can together. Together, we're much stronger than individually, uh, than being by ourselves. We're much stronger together. Okay, look at Acts chapter 5. Look at verse 14. Verse 14. They were in one accord in verse 12. Many signs and wonders in verse 12, verse 14. And believers were the more added to the Lord. Huh. They were one accord. Believers added multitudes, both of men and women. Uh, verse 15. Uh, and insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and couches that at the least the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. There came also a multitude out of the cities round about unto Jerusalem, bringing sick folks and them which were vexed with unclean spirits. And they were healed every single one. Miracles, salvations in the midst of this congregation, in the midst of these believers, in the midst of this church, great things taking place. But it was all preceded by harmony, unity. Togetherness, working together, not arguing, not bickering, not feuding and fussing and, and, and splintering and, and schisming as we talked about earlier in First Corinthians 4. Hey, let's work together for the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, that's the only way you're going to see these miracles take place. Listen, I, I've seen I've seen miracles of of of, of families who were uh, uh, couples who were divorced get remarried. I have a friend in Cleveland. Uh, who we met in Orlando, who uh, he and his wife, they moved to Orlando the same month that Trina and I moved to Orlando. Uh, and we ended up in the same church. We ended up in the same church in the same exact Sunday school class. Uh, and we ended up there and somehow, you know, we met and of course we, we were able to get to know each other and we, we just sparked a great relationship. And these two, I had no idea. I didn't know their background and uh, they had, they had two little children and uh, they're good friends of ours now. They've been friends since 2011, but they actually were divorced at one point. They divorced uh, and then they, the Lord worked and, and he got saved and, and they got in the church and they were attending Cleveland Baptist in Cleveland, Ohio. And man, the Lord was doing great things. And, and eventually they wanted to renew their vows. And they asked me to perform the ceremony. Man, we went down to Fort Lauderdale on the beach and we performed their vow renewal and they got things right and back together. Man, they're they're serving the Lord now. He's going to their uh, uh, institute there. And listen, that's a, a miracle. You all know that's a miracle. Amen. Very few people that get divorced even want to talk to one another. <laughs> Amen. Very few people that get divorced even want to be around each other, uh, even want to have anything to do with one another. But listen, when God's involved, miraculous things happen. When God's involved, things that man can't do, God can do in a great, great fashion. Uh, and we, if we want to see miracles like that, we have to be in harmony. We have to be in unity. I've seen miracles at our church in Baltimore. I've seen uh, people who were uh, once addicted to drugs, uh, once living a life, you know, of, of the, the vicious cycle of uh, just blowing all their money and blowing all their checks and, and losing jobs and losing relationships and losing everything. And then eventually coming to our RU program and, and, and learning the Bible and, and being around Christians and being around the right environment and eventually, man, kicking that thing. Now, I know that's not the story for everyone. But it can be. Man, the power is there. Man, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. But we need to make sure that we're in unity, in harmony for us to see those great things take place. Uh, we see uh, before uh, salvations, unity. We see before miracles, harmony. And we see thirdly, we also see revival. 
revival. We see, we see salvations, we see miracles, we see revivals. Uh, turn back to Acts chapter 4, if you will. Acts chapter number 4. Look at verse number 24. Acts chapter 4, verse 24. It says in verse 24, and when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God. Man, there's that phrase again. There it is again with one accord. One accord and said, Lord, thou art God, which has made heaven and earth and the sea and all that in them is. Listen, if God says something one time, we should pay attention. We should. If God says something two times, man, we should really start paying even closer attention. When God repeats something three or more times, buddy, we better prioritize that into our life. Are you with me? We better say, man, this is that important to God. I need to make that that important to me. And God has said time and time again in the book of Acts, they were in one accord, in one accord, in one accord, in one accord, and great miracles, much salvations. Revival came because they were in one accord. This thing of being in one accord, I think, is pretty important to God. Are you with me tonight? It's pretty important to Him. If it's important to God... It better be, it should be important to us. Listen, the health of the church is extremely vital. The health of the church hinges on the fact of whether or not the people are in harmony. The people are working together. The people are trying to uh, acquiesce and yield and, and serve and, and do all that we can to be a blessing and, and, and try to get along and work together. Hey, we need to have that kind of a spirit in this church, in every church. Okay, look at Acts chapter number 4. Look at verse number 31. Verse number 31. They were in one accord. We see revival broke out. Verse 31. And when they had prayed, it already tells us in verse 24 they were in one accord. Verse 31 says, when they had prayed, the place was shaken. Hey, man, you want to shake this town? Man, you want to shake this place? Hey, let's be in one accord. Let's be praying. Let's be submitted to the Lord. Look at it. And they had, and when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and spake the word of God with boldness. And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. Neither said any of them that all of the things which he possessed was his own, but they had all things common. Verse 33. And with great Power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace was upon them all. Hey, if you can't read that and say, man, that's what I want for White Oak Baptist Church. I'd love us to see great power. I'd love us to have great grace. I'd love us to see great things accomplished for the Lord. Listen, if, if, if that doesn't stir you up to say, man, I'd love to see that. I don't know what will. I don't know what it'll take to, to turn you around, to get you on fire for God. I remember um, the old uh, 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 head deacon of our church in Baltimore, before Pastor Tool was there, uh, was, was um, Mike Martin. Mike Martin, and he said this phrase, and I never forgot it. Uh, uh, myself and, and another fellow, Larry Bartlett, we had sang a duet. That was the first time I had ever sang in front of people in my life. Uh, and I, we sang a duet, and, and it went okay. It was pretty decent. Anyway, uh, and Mike, Mike Martin gets up, and he says, man... If that doesn't fire you up, your wood's wet. You ever heard that phrase? If that doesn't fire you up, man, nothing will. I say that to our church all the time. Man, if, if you don't want to serve God for the love that he had for you, the sacrifice he made for you, man, his death on the cross, man, his, his pierced, nail-pierced hands, his nail-pierced feet, that crown of thorns on his brow, man, the beating that he took, man, if that doesn't motivate you, nothing will. 
Are you with me tonight? Let's do something for the Lord. Let's do something great. Let's see great power. Let's have great grace. That's what I want for my church. I'm sure that's what you want for this church. But in order for that to happen, we must get along. We must be in one accord. The power of God depends on us being in one accord. First Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 10, the Bible says, Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. How many of you in here have played or do play a musical instrument? Raise your hand if you play a musical instrument. Amen. Okay, quite a few of you. How many of you in here had played or have sung or do sing uh, in a choir or some kind of, or maybe in the past you sang in a choir or a musical type singing group? Okay, quite a few. So you know that if that group, whether it's a musical band or, or, or an orchestra or whatever the case may be, or it's a singing group, if they're not in harmony, man, what do you got? Woo, it don't sound good. Are y'all with me? And so I remember I, I played trumpet, and I started playing trumpet in the fifth grade, and, and I played all through school, and, and I enjoyed playing it, and, and, and I do some singing, and, and I'm taking some piano lessons, and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I, I like music, but I, one thing I understand about music, when, when I was in band, I remember we would be in, in band, and we would all have to warm up, and then we would have to tune, get in tune. You all know what I'm talking about by, by getting in tune? In other words, uh, in band, we would have the first chair trumpet player. He would play a concert C. Uh, okay, and then the next person would have to match that C. They would have to sound identical. And if for some reason, you know, if he was flat or sharp, you know, he'd have to adjust his slide on his instrument to make it a little bit louder or a little bit, uh, or a little bit uh, uh, higher pitch or a little bit lower pitch to make it match. And then the next person, and then the next person, and then the next person. Everyone would tune to the first chair trumpet guy. And as everyone tuned to him, then everyone was in tune with each other. And then we could all play, and it would sound, for the most part, sound good. Listen, if we didn't tune, if we didn't tune, it was not in one accord. It was absolute discord. I mean, it was, you know, off notes. And you ever, (laughs) I've been part of groups that sang, and sometimes it's not all there. You know, it's like. Uh, that harmony is just not hitting right. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? Uh, listen, it sounds a little off. It, it almost hurts the ear a little bit. Uh, that doesn't sound right. I know churches like that. I know churches where, well, you know, this is my note and this is where I'm going to play and I'm tuning to myself and I don't care what you're doing. Uh, listen, we need to tune ourselves to each other. We need to be in tune. By the way, uh, if I tune my life to the Word of God and everyone else in the church tunes their life to the word of God, guess what? We're in tune with each other. Are you with me? Hey, tune your life to the word of God. Tune your life to God's principles, God's standards. Uh, If you all do that, you'll be in tune with one another and you'll be in harmony. We must be in harmony. We must, listen, this doesn't mean that everyone plays the same note. Everyone playing the same note uh, is not harmony. Uh, It's unison. Uh, it's everyone singing the exact same thing. Uh, and, and I'll be honest with you. I like unison. Unison's good. It sounds good. It sounds all right. But man, harmony sounds so much better. Uh, I prefer to sing harmony. Usually when we're singing congregationals, I'm doing everything I can to figure out a harmony note so I can sing a harmony part. Because man, it just, it just adds depth. It just adds excitement. I mean, it just makes it sound so much better because it's harmony. It's harmony. 
And so we need to make sure that we're not making sure everybody's on the exact same note. There are churches out there that say, well, no, you got to look like me and talk like me and walk like me and, and, and dress like me and act like me and have the exact same standards. And, and that's not harmony. That's unison. That's not harmony. That's not what God wants. God made us all different. Okay, now, First uh, Corinthians chapter 12, verse 17. The Bible says, if the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? But now hath God set the members, every one of them in the body, referring to the, the, the local church body, every one of them in the body as it hath pleased him. And if they were all one member, where were the body? But now are they many members, yet one body. What am I saying? I'm saying we need someone to play the nursery note. Amen? Uh, we need someone to play uh, the clean the church note. You, I mean, you're glad the church gets clean. Amen? I hope so anyway. Uh, we need someone to play the treasurer note. Praise the Lord. God bless you, Jim. Amen? Someone's got to do it. You know, someone's got to be Judas. I mean, uh, I'm just, <laughs> just kidding, Jim. I'm just teasing. Amen? Hey, listen, we need someone to play that note. Uh, we need someone to play the choir note. We need someone to play the choir director note. We need someone to play the Sunday school teacher note. Uh, we need someone to play, you know, th- this note and that note. We need people to play those notes. But not everybody can do the exact same thing. We must be on different notes, but yet be in harmony. Uh, is this making sense to you? You understand what we're getting at here? If we want the power of God, if we want the results to see what Jerusalem church saw, we want to see our church increase. A, a church that looks like a church that God, that God's idea of a great church increasing, booming, people being saved, marriages mended, uh, relationships restored. Man, the community being touched, we must be in harmony. We must be in one accord. Ephesians 4.16 says, From whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which Every joint supplieth. In other words, the nursery worker, the person that cleans, the, 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 the secretary worker, uh, note, uh, the, 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 the treasurer, the pastor, the Sunday school teacher. Listen, all the workers of the church working together in one accord. God doesn't want uniformity. If God wanted uniformity, uh, then all of us, it would be like I've mentioned before, it would be like a ball team. We're all wearing the exact same uniform, the exact same color, the exact same design, the exact same hat, the exact same this, the exact same that. And it looks like we're going to go out to play a game. And I'm not saying that's bad for sports, but it's not good for a church. God wants diversity. God wants there to be, uh, uh, God wants there to be young God wants her to be old in the church. God wants her to be children. God wants her to be teens. God wants her to be singles. God wants her to be adults uh, that are that are married. He wants older people. He listen. There's there's God wants diversity. Uh, he wants folks that are that grew up in the church. He wants folks that maybe didn't grow up in the church in the church. Uh, he wants folks that maybe came from a different area or maybe are Hispanic or whatever the case may be. God wants there to be diversity. Listen, if you're diverse, you can attract. More people, rather than just being of one kind, of one kind. Everyone looks like this and looks like this and acts like this. We need to have diversity in the church. We need to be in unity as well. Now, we see the results of church harmony. Now, how do we get there? Okay? The requirements. The requirements for church harmony. We say, well, that sounds great. That sounds good, preacher. Okay, that's what we want. That's what we want. How do we get there? The requirements. Letter A. Observe the same literature. Observe the same literature. Uh, Acts chapter 1. Uh, turn to Acts chapter 1, if you will. Acts chapter number 1. 
Look at verse number one of Acts one. Now we're talking about the church in Jerusalem. We're talking about the church that grew exponentially. We're talking about the church that was just booming. I mean, blessing. I mean, the hand of God was on it. Uh, this is the church we want to model our church after. Verse number one of Acts chapter one. The former treaties have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach. I'm going to tell you about what the Lord did, but I'm also going to tell you about what the Lord said. His word. His words. Uh, what came out of his mouth. The word of God. Uh, listen, that's important. We must make sure that we have decided, hey, we're going to live by this book. Uh, we're going to stay in this book. We're going to memorize this book. Uh, we're going to quote this book. We're going to witness of this book. Listen, this is the church constitution right here. Right here. Uh, and, and listen, I'm not downplaying church constitutions. <laughs> I'm not necessarily for them. But nonetheless, uh, this is our, our statement of faith right here. And we need to make sure we're going to observe this book. And we're going to stick to this book. And we're going to follow this book. All right, turn to Acts chapter 2 again. Acts chapter number 2, look at verse number 42. Acts chapter 2, verse number 42. It says in verse 42, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. The doctrine. In the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. Listen, as we attempt to learn the Bible and as we tune our lives to the Bible, uh, eventually we will be tuning our lives to each other uh, and to God's will. As we tune our lives to the Bible, we'll be in harmony. Now, does that mean, as I've mentioned several times already, we won't agree on everything. Uh, there's, there's majors, there's minors, there's gray areas, uh, there's absolutes. Listen to this quote now. This is the, a quote that we should all live by. In essentials, we should have unity. In essentials, the major things. In essentials, unity. In non-essentials, we should have diversity. Okay, not a big deal if, if you know, again, we talked about it before, uh, meat offered to idols and holy days and so forth and so on. Uh, let's have some diversity there. In essentials, unity. In non-essentials, diversity. In all things, charity. In all things. In all things. Hey, I may disagree. I may not like what he says. I may not like his standard or his principle. But, hey, I'm going to love him. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be kind to him. I, I'm going to be gentle with him. I'm not going to criticize him. I'm not going to talk bad about him. I'm not going to backbite and, and, and be uh, in the corner talking of, uh, about him and his family. Hey, that's not unity. That's not harmony. That's discord. Are, are you all with me tonight? Everybody's still awake? Everybody's still awake? Uh, stay with me. We're, we're almost done. We're almost done. Uh, listen, in order for us to get that power of God, uh, see the results that they saw, we must be in harmony. We must be in unity. And let's observe the same literature. Now, Matthew chapter 23 and verse 23, the Lord Jesus said this. He says, woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. Now, man, the Lord preached against the Pharisees and the scribes and the Sadducees quite often. And, and he scolded them. Often He says, you're hypocrites, for ye pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin uh, and have omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. And so we have people in our Christian circles who, well, yeah, it, it's got to be like this and it's got to be like that. And, and if they don't do it like this and, and, and the Lord says, whoa, whoa, hey, settle down, big fella. Take it easy, man. Relax. In the majors, let's make sure we're on the same page. In the minors, man. Relax, take it easy. Let someone be a little bit diverse from you. You see, there are some things that are weightier than others. The Lord Jesus Christ said that. There are some things that are a little bit more important than others. There are some things that, man, we're not going to die for. 
Uh, we're just going to make a, take a stand for, and there's other things that we're going to die for. Uh, unfortunately, the Pharisees, they were dying for the insignificant things. Uh, they were saying, oh, it's got to be this way, it's got to be this way. And the Lord said, no, 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 you're hypocrites, you're hypocrites. Okay, let me give you an example, okay? Uh, if, if, if we knew, if we heard that there was a tornado on, on, on the way coming in this direction towards this church, and I mean, I mean, it was a big tornado, it's going to do some damage. We heard in the news, hey, tornado's coming, tornado's coming. Uh, and, as, and we say, Pastor Lejeune decide, hey, uh, we need to go home, we need to take cover, whatever, we need to, you know, just get ourselves safe. <clears throat> and, and someone says, well, Pastor, wait a second, the grass needs to be cut. Well, yeah, okay, yeah, that, that may be true. The grass may need to be cut, but there's a tornado coming. That, listen, if both of those statements are true, one of them is more important than the other. Are you all with me? One of them is weightier than the other. But what do some Christians and churches do? Well, I, yeah, I don't care about the tornado coming. Hey, we need to make sure this grass gets cut. And we need to make sure it gets cut this way. And we need to make sure that we, we handle the, the lawnmower this way. And we need to make sure. And, and so-and-so said he was going to do it. And, blah, blah, blah. And, and, and the pastor's thinking, come on, man, there's a tornado coming. There's something way more important than the cutting of the grass. Are you with me tonight? That's, that's how some people act in churches. They'll, they'll, they'll stress and worry and, and, and just get all worked up about something that's minor. And yes, it's important that the, the property looks good, and it's important that it's clean, and it's important that it's, that it's well-mannered lawn and all that sort of thing. But listen, if there's a tornado coming, man, skip the lawn. It doesn't matter. we got to take cover, man. we got to go somewhere and get safe. Uh, we must make sure we put the emphasis on things the way the Lord puts the emphasis on things. Now, observe the same literature, okay? The requirements uh, for church harmony. Letter B, occupy the same location. Occupy the same location. Uh, Acts chapter 2 and verse 1 says they were, uh, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were, were all with one accord in one place. In one place. Uh, you know, we need to realize that this is the church of the living God. The pillar and ground of the truth. Oh, yes, I understand. It's not the brick and mortar necessarily. Yes, I understand that the body is the people. I get that. I get that. I get that. But... Let's make sure we understand this is the place that's sanctified and set apart for the master's use. This is the place. This is the place where God speaks. This is the place. Yeah, I know. He can speak to you at home. I get it. I get it. But this is the place that God has ordained, that God has instituted, that the Lord Jesus Christ died for so we could gather and be encouraged and be taught and be motivated to go out and impact this world for the Lord Jesus Christ. And we need to make sure we put a priority on church. Church is important. I know too many people. I know way too many people uh, who, who got out of church or, or maybe maybe got kind of, you know, sideways and, and twisted and, and they stopped coming to church. And, man, their lives just took a nosedive. Man, it just, they, they end up in a place, they, they look around and say, how did I get here? I'm doing things that I never thought I would do, that I would, would preach against or teach against or have a conviction against. Now I'm doing them. Why? Uh, because they got out of church. They stopped attending the fellowship. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. Hey, we need to be provoked, not provoked to, to anger, provoked unto love and good works. The assembly, the assembly. And make sure that we're in church. Make sure we make it a priority. Be in church. Psalm 55, 14, we, we took sweet counsel together and walked unto the house of God in company. Uh, Psalm 95, 6, oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. 
Hey, church is of absolute importance. I will say this. I'll go as far as, as to say this. My wife and I grew up unsaved. We grew up not going to church. I will go as far as she's heard me say this. She knows this is my, my sentiment. If we had not been in church, if we had not been under the preaching of the word of God, if we had not been consistently attending and being uh, stoked for the Lord Jesus Christ, I guarantee you we would not still be married today. I guarantee you. I know it. You know why? Because we've been in several valleys, man. Uh, and it's only by the grace of God that we made it out on the other side to get back on the mountaintop. It's by the grace of God, the word of God, the people of God, the blessing of God, the church of God has kept, helped keep us together. And I thank God for that. And listen, those of you that are younger, those of you that are older, you understand that. You've been through some trials. Those of you that are younger, maybe you're not married yet, or maybe you're newly married. Listen, you're going to go through some trials. You better make sure you stay in church. Stay in church. You need church. You need church. Your family needs church. Your children need you to be in church. Your grandchildren will need you to be in church. Stay in church. We need to be in church. I, I, I got family members, man. They used to go to church, used to attend, and now they're out of church, man, and, and they're a mess. And I talked to them on the phone. I said, man, why aren't you in church? Well, I know. I, no, stop telling me you know. Get back in church. Get back under the word of God. Get back under the preaching of the word. You need the church. Let's make sure we, we stay closely tied to the church. Occupy the same location. Let her see. Obey the same Lord. Obey the same Lord. Observe the same literature. Occupy the same location. And obey the same Lord. Now, by, by that, I, of course, I don't mean obey the same Lord as your pastor, but the Lord Jesus Christ. And obey the Lord Jesus Christ through your pastor. Uh, that's what we're talking about here. Ephesians 4.15 says, but speaking the truth in love... Speaking the truth in love may grow up unto him. Grow up unto him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. Hey, we go to church. We read the Bible. We pray. uh, We witness. We serve. We do all those things so that we might be conformed into the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's make sure uh, we're seeking to please him. We're seeking to honor him. We're seeking to do his will. Uh, We see, lastly, letter D, we see, lastly, Own the same labor. Own the same labor. Hey, listen, we want to have the power of God, right? Amen. We agree that we want to have the power of God on this church. Amen. You all agree with that? Hey, listen, we want to be uh, used of God to impact this community. We need to be in harmony. And the way to be in harmony, we must observe the same literature. Uh, We must occupy the same location. Uh, We must obey the same Lord. And we must own the same labor. Ephesians 4.16 says, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. What am I saying tonight? What I'm saying is, if I could, if I could stand in every single church in, in America or around the world and, and preach one message... This is the message I preach. Hey, work in harmony. Work in unity. And God will do great things in your church, in our church, in every church, if the congregation, the people that attend the church, work together. Again, that's going to, be, that, that's going to mean that sometimes it's not going to go your way. Sometimes what you want done isn't going to happen. You've been there? <laughs> I've been there as a pastor. 
I'll sit in the deacons meeting. I'll say, hey, this is what I want. This is what I want. And, oh, well, you know, and, and you know, I give them the, the, the leeway to kind of give me counsel. And they'll be like, well, pastor, I think you're moving too fast. Or pastor, I think that's too much. And, okay, I'll back off. I'll back off. And I'll wait. And I don't have to have my way every single time. Are, are you all with me? Sometimes it's not going to go the way you want. Sometimes the decision is going to be exactly the opposite of what you would prefer. But if you're going to be in harmony, if you're going to be in unity, you'll be loyal to that decision. Even if you don't agree with it. You'll be loyal to that decision. Listen, you'll say, okay, that's not what I wanted, but I'm on board. Let's move forward for the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's get the work done. Uh, let, I don't have to throw a pity party. Don't be the immature Christian that says, well, if it ain't going to go, I'm going to take my ball and go home. If you can play according to my rules. You ever see someone like that? Man, they're the most immature Christians. They're the most immature people. They act like little kids. And just because it didn't go your way, now you're going to quit? You're going to give up? That kind of individual, they're not in it for the Lord. They're in it for themselves. They're in it for their will not his will. Let's make sure that we observe the same literature, that we occupy the same location, we obey the same Lord, and we own the same labor. Hey, y'all realize that you're an imperfect church. You realize that, right? Amen? You realize you have an imperfect pastor, right? Yeah, amen. That's a good place to say amen right there. Uh, You realize it's an imperfect church with an imperfect pastor serving a perfect God. He's perfect. Keep your eyes on him. Keep your eyes on the Lord. He'll never let you down. Oh, yeah. Pastor Lejeune at some point may let you down. Uh, Mrs. Lejeune, uh, maybe not. No, I'm just, uh, she might at some point let you down. Listen, they're human. The deacons, they may let you down. The assistant pastors, they're, they may let you down. They're human. Man, God will never let you down. Keep your eyes focused on him. I promise you, I guarantee you, if you do that, if everybody in the church has that spirit, man, there's going to be some reports coming from Pastor Lejeune to me. Man, brother, you're not going to believe what's going on down here. And I'm going to say, wow, praise the Lord. That's awesome. And I can't wait to hear those reports. I really can't. I expect it. I expect it to happen. I really do see this place being a great place, a beacon of hope and a lighthouse for this greater area. Stay in unity. Stay in harmony. Let's bow together for a word of prayer. Father in heaven, Lord, we love you. Lord, we 